eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. Will Lutz from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. We are Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak. And it's Combine Week in Indianapolis. And we'll be sure to keep an eye on the prospects that the Saints will likely be most interested in. There's also some an assignee that from the defensive line that the, the team's bringing back and checking in on how those salary cap numbers are doing as free agencies also around the corner. Jeff, there always seems to be um, something lurking with this team, and it's just been uh, a wild offseason, I think, already, considering there's that hunt for the quarterback. Still no more news on Derek Carr and his uh, him being courted, but so many other things that have been falling in place. We even heard from Jameis Winston, too. Yeah, so we're going to get into a lot of that. Um, the combine starts on Thursday, and you're going to have a lot going on, and we're going to get into that. But yeah, first, we want to talk about the player who was signed today before we get into any of that Jameis Winston noise we're also going to talk about we're also going to hear from daniel jeremiah who i sat on the conference call with for quite a long time <laughs> on friday and we got some insight into what he thinks about um you know some of the prospects particularly tight ends quarterbacks and yeah and then we're going to go into you know maybe can the saints possibly trade up to number one with the bears the answer is no and we're going to explain why um but first yes tano Passigno is the first saints player to be to really the first major name that we have heard, you know, they signed Keith Kirkwood at wide receiver to a one-year deal, just some depth at wide receiver. They signed Calvin Throckmorton, some depth at offensive line. But Tano, I think this deal is a little bit more than that because you're looking at two years, six million. It was two years, four point five million when they brought him in prior to the 2021 season. And I think that's a contract you give someone that you expect to contribute. And so it's interesting to see that they brought him back this early. 
because you are going to have David Onyemata, Marcus Davenport, and Kentavious Street hitting free agency, and you have Ryan Nielsen up in Atlanta. So you have to wonder whether they're going to bring those guys back or whether they're going to be able to bring those guys back. So I, I, I'm interested to see how they deploy Tano because I think he has been, I don't want to say underused, but I haven't been wowed by how they've deployed him to this point. Oh, just another one of those big, long, you know, defensive ends that this team, this team seems to stockpile. And, you know, I think it's uh, a good rotational piece to bring back. Obviously, you're, you're hoping, uh, I think everyone's hoping to see some kind of growth from uh, Peyton Turner, obviously, going into this year, playing alongside a guy like Cam Jordan. But I, I see Tano more in that road. Obviously, you know, a guy that gives you a few snaps here and there, not not someone that's going to be hopefully a, a consistent producer or relied on to be a consistent producer because of your other guys always dealing with injuries. The other one obviously has been Marcus Davenport. But I, th- I think like you know what you're getting with Passigno. You're not – he's just a guy that you know he's going to get – you're going to get reliable snaps from and knows this defense already. But I don't – like I said, I don't think you want to lean on him for any starting snaps. Well, I mean, I think they, they're comfortable with that if they need it. And that's why, you know, you bring a guy like that back. Um, one thing that I think is is telling with him is – so he was a senior bowl guy back in the 2018 season. He went to the Chiefs on a – as a second-round pick. And when I asked Mickey Loomis earlier this offseason – if not having a first round pick, which obviously they have one now, they didn't have that point. If not having a first round pick would impact how you scout some players in terms of, well, we're not going to have a shot at them. So, you know, maybe we take a step back and focus on the players in the back half of the board. And he said, no, you're going to, you're going to scout every player the same way you always would. Because even if you can't draft a guy four years down the road, he might be a free agent. And if you know him well and you have a good grade on him, that might be a reason you bring him in. And I have a feeling that's the case with Tano because he was a senior bowl guy. He was a guy I'm sure the Saints were high on. He kind of fits the profile at defensive end. And he's just a guy they're comfortable with. And, you know, one of the reasons that Dennis Allen gave for Peyton Turner being a healthy scratch a couple times last season was there was a rotation and Tano was in it and they wanted to get him out there on the field. And while... That's not a great answer to that question. I do think that that's that's honesty in terms of they do feel comfortable with him out there and they are getting him at a bargain and it makes sense to bring him back. All that said, you know, you're looking at a room of Cam Jordan, Carl Granderson, Peyton Turner, and T- Tano Passigno, and I wouldn't ex- I wouldn't say that defensive end lineup is particularly scary. So I think that is a position you have to consider this week if you're not bringing back a Marcus Davenport. And I know. When you say that, people are going to groan of like, why would they bring him back? It's like, well, you know, you, you need bodies at that position. It's a position that while Cam Jordan might make it seem like you can be an Ironman at that position, it's that's that's the exception. That's a position people get hurt at all the time. You need a rotation there. So I, I like bringing him back. He's a good team guy. Um, he had six sacks, I think 42 tackles. You know, you could do worse. So that's that's kind of the appetizer, I think, to to the free agency. But I do think it kind of gives you an indicator of how this team's going to operate. I don't think they're going to be spending lavishly outside of the quarterback position. Yeah, I was going to say that quarterback money is definitely going to be eating up most of that. The uh, you know dollar dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> well, that's a good that's a good segue because will it? It doesn't have to. 
<laughs> if if you bring in a Derek Carr, if you wait. Trade, trade for a Lamar Jackson, then yes, it will. But if you go with the guy who's already under contract and in the building, then it won't. You just have to eat the twelve point eight million that's on his contract. And while you know it feels unlikely, that's only if you don't believe the tone and the statement that he made at the HBCU Legacy Bowl this weekend where he and actually Teron Armstead were honorary captains for the game. And he was up in the booth talking to Steve White and Charles Davis about his impending free agency. And Steve White asked Jameis about like, oh, what are your plans for free agency or something along along those lines? And he was quick to correct him that he's not going to be a free agent. He has one year under contract. And this is exactly what he said. Technically, I'm not a free agent just yet. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I have one more year under contract. But, man, I'm, my, my main thing right now is make sure I just I stay healthy and be ready to play. Like, that's the only thing that's on my mind. I got to be ready to play because I know when given the opportunity, I'm going to look forward to taking advantage of it. Was that a little bit last year, a little bit of a push being healthy and being ready to play? Because I know you went hard trying to be ready. And I know you're not one to make excuses, but the sense I got was you weren't truly 100% while you were trying to play to have that health to go out and compete as you normally do. No, I, I wasn't, uh, but that, that comes with the territory. Right, that's the good. It's part, part of the thing, but at the same time, it is so important to be able to show your best. It, it is, because the film doesn't lie, right? and the film doesn't say... Uh, well, you know he was a little hurt that day. Yeah, it doesn't say that, <laughs> so you have to be ready for whatever. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, and this was something we talked about before we came on. And I think the way I interpreted that was they're talking about, or Charles Davis was asking him about weeks one through three, when obviously late in the Falcons game, he had that back injury early against the Bucks, He re-aggravated the foot injury from training camp. And then week three, where he really probably had his biggest struggles in terms of production sure. and mobility was that Panthers loss. And he just looked bad. and. What he's saying there is like the film doesn't lie. Like you're going to turn on that film and he's going to look bad and the film's not going to have an asterisk on it that said Jameis was playing with significant injuries. It's just film and bad film is bad film. And so, but, but like I didn't take that as an excuse for later in the season when he was effectively benched. Like I think he was healthy enough to play at that point and he would tell you he was healthy enough to play. And it was really those first three weeks where if you're using that as an argument for why he can't be the starter, I do think that's a little disingenuous because that's not necessarily a picture of what he would look like healthy. No, and I was just wondering now too, am I to interpret that that you know Jameis wasn't healthy even heading into week one of the year from the injuries he was you know he's coming back from the knee injury. I don't think that's what it was. I mean, I think they're they're referencing that in terms of how hard he worked throughout the offseason to get back healthy because I think we can gloss over how difficult of like a road that is to come back from that knee injury and to not yeah. miss a snap in preseason. But he was also dealing with that foot injury late in camp. Right. I think he was over that by the time the season started, but that is essentially the injury that reoccurred in week two was that peroneal tendon injury. 
And so who knows? Maybe his foot was still bugging him. Either way, I don't think that he would use that as an, as an excuse outside of week three when that just he shouldn't have been on the field at all. And obviously he got to week four and he got replaced by Andy and he never got back on the field. And that's a whole nother can of worms. But I did think the tone he struck and the chance he had there to kind of clear the decks and be like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm <laughs> I'm looking for a job. Someone come get me. Um, he didn't do that. I think right. he played a very amicable tone there. And to me, that indicates he's a guy who would consider coming back if the team said, hey, I know last year was awkward. Can we work past that? Because yes, we think you're our best option. And maybe if you're in that situation, it makes sense. And you can draft a young guy and he can be the bridge. Because I do think, you know, whether Dennis Allen believes this or not is another question, but I do think he has a lot more upside than Andy Dalton, whether you believe it or not. And if you do bring him back and he he has a chance to be the Jimmy Garoppolo of last season, right? Who is in a much better situation now than if he had just sat on the bench for his final season behind Trey Lance. Very interested to see if the two sides can come to some sort of understanding about the way things went last year. I'd be all aboard, though, bringing Jameis for another shot at the starting role this season. I wanted to see him in that last game against the Panthers. That didn't happen. But just seeing the kind of teammate he was, too, on game days was big to me just because he was there for the arm around you or, you know, to let you know what went wrong and he was there to help you out or the fact that he was right there cheering on a guy like Andy Dalton who had taken over his gig. Really impressive just how he handled totally that whole situation that seemed, I guess you could say, a little unfair to us. Oh, it was unfair to him. There's no question it was unfair to him. And that's why if it was me in that situation, I wouldn't be able to get over that because I am a vindictive uh, <laughs> you know, person. Like I, I would be like, absolutely not. No way in hell am I coming back and putting my body on the line for a guy who quit on me. Oh, it was but, just yeah. The how how intensely and super engaged Winston right. was was still with the team and the game, even though he wasn't leading the pack. And that's what I and and when I say that, that's what I'm kind of leading into is he had every opportunity to burn that bridge. He had every opportunity to do what Marcus Mariota did, right? To do what Derek Carr did, and he got benched and just kind of left the team. And he was not there to be a leader. And and that's not he chose not to do that. And to me, that is a very mature thing to do. It's a lot more mature than I would have been. And Amen. so if you're looking for a reason to say, OK, maybe they can find a way to kind of build that bridge back again and, and bring him back for another year. That's it where he chose to be that guy. And in order like I'm not, I still don't think it's likely. I still think that it's most likely that he ends up getting cut and you save the cap and you figure it out. But. The only way it can it could be salvaged is by him doing it the way he did it. So, you know, because in most situations, he probably would have been cut already. Like Marcus Mariota is not going back to the Falcons. There's no way, right? Like speaking Derek of, is not going back to the Raiders. There's no way. <laughs> speaking of being cut, you know, live in you know, podcast breaking news, Carson Wentz has been cut. Cool. Yeah, I know. Everyone's gonna be jumping on that train now. I mean Talking about a guy who genuinely has no market, like man, the just... fact that the fact that he was still drawing a decent trade return as late as last season after what right. we've seen is wild. But you know, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be talking about him and Jameis in the same breath in terms of why would you believe in this guy? 
And I think the number of chances Carson has gotten is exactly why you, you know you 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 should believe in Jameis a little more than you do because like why do we keep giving this guy chances? <laughs> well, it's really unfortunate because obviously Wentz dealt with his, his own injuries, but really for well, for Jameis, very similar situations from an injury perspective. For, from Jameis, though, the past two seasons, man, he's just been really unlocked. You know, terrible luck with the fact that he hasn't been able to really showcase what he could do with this offense. I mean, that comeback against Atlanta, man, we saw, you know, him tossing a Mike Thomas for two touchdowns. Will we ever even come yeah. close to seeing something like that again? It, it is so funny because if you went back to week one of each of the last two seasons, the conversations you would have found about how great this team was going to be oh, were, were very funny in retrospect when they beat up the Packers 38-3 to and then the Packers ended up playing in the NFC Championship and the Saints missed the playoffs. And this year, you had that incredible comeback from 16 points down in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, obviously the Falcons didn't make the playoffs, but Saints end up 7-10. and And I just think, like, when you look at a Carson Wentz, I don't think it's a fair comparison in the sense that when Jameis has been healthy, he's been able to be a, a competent starter. I'm not going to say he's been great, but he has been good and he has been capable of winning games. Whereas Carson Wentz over the last few years, have you ever felt like he's like, Oh yeah, this is the guy. It, it, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that for a second. And the only team that believed that was Washington last year. And the only team that believed the year before that was the Colts. <laughs> so It'll I don't be interesting know. For, for a guy like that, it will be interesting though. So where he does materialize, because obviously maybe not as a starting role, but definitely, Somewhere as a backup, I got to imagine if he's going to be willing to to take that that kind of role on, which I guess you have to if you want to stick around. Maybe he'll go be Jalen Hurts' backup. No, he he can't. He's not welcome back in Philly. Not good enough. <laughs> There's no way that's happening. He, he'll forever live in the shadow of Nick Foles there, and he can't deal with that. I could see him being so. Like we talk about bridge quarterbacks, and I think there is a level of bridge. Like it's it's yes. not. Like there is a bridge quarterback that you expect to play the whole season, or maybe if you don't make the playoffs, right? Like he's on the lowest end of bridge where it's like, you know, maybe four if, or five games. Well, like, like the Texans draft CJ Stroud and right, right. he's not there. They're like, you know what? We don't want to throw him in week one on this crappy roster that is not ready to win. We want to at least give him a couple weeks to acclimate to the NFL and so we're going to just use Carson Wentz as a sacrificial lamb, right? Yeah. That is a level of bridge that I think he is right now. Kind of like, like Kurt Warner was that for the Giants, number one overall pick. And it's like, that's where he was at that point in his career. And that's kind of crazy how that happened. And I'm not comparing Carson Wentz to Kurt Warner, but that's the level of bridge he's going to be. A guy that doesn't matter how good he plays, he's going to get benched unless you are like unbeaten and he's a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. He's going to get benched after like six games. That's where he's at, in my opinion. Yeah, and you you look at him and like there's going to be him and the guy like Baker Mayfield. Where do you is there really where do you go there? I might actually take Baker over over a damaged Wentz because of just not just physically, also mentally. I think Wentz is just toast in the game. Yeah, and I think that's going to be an interesting question to me is how high are the Saints on Baker Mayfield? Because I think Sean Payton. Had a, had a very high opinion of Baker Mayfield when he was coming out. I don't know if that's necessarily true of the coaches that are still on the Saints. I, and I think, too, that L.A. is still going to be there, I think, and to, to bring him back. As the backup? Because you don't, you don't know with Bradford if he's going to last. Stafford. 
Stafford, yes, Bradford, Bradford, yeah. Stafford, same thing. Uh, the, there's a funny. Remember the Tim Tebow pretzel? Tebow pretzel. Yeah, there was a Tim Tebow pretzel. It was like shaped like Tim Tebow. Uh, it was a thing a few years back. And then there was a joke that him, him kneeling. Yes, he was okay. Tebowing, but it was the pretzel. And there was a joke that like, oh, this is a Sam Bradford pretzel, but it was just that pretzel like snapped in half and broken because <laughs> that's Sam Bradford. Uh, you know, Sam Bradford. You know, he made a good amount of money for having. Like he was the last quarterback drafted number one overall who got to negotiate his contract, right? Because after that year, they they started slotting the everything cap on that, right? I do miss those times because it was like you would get the first overall pick before the draft even happened because they just wanted extra time to negotiate. That I uh, I, I really time. remember doing like a draft, you know, coverage with a bear at WWL just because, you know, after that seeing the money that he got. And, you know, Bobby was like, he couldn't, you know, was flabbergasted by that considering, you know, his whole cry with free agency was, oh, I was just trying to get a million dollars. Right. But yeah, so I think, you know, I've been pretty openly saying like, I don't see a road here for Jameis in terms of like why he would come back and why the team would bring him back. But, I, you know, I'm starting to soften that stance as you kind of get further in free agency. I think whatever percentage I had it at before, I've probably gone like, if I had it at 10% before, I'm probably at like 30% now because I can see it. And when you hear someone talk and they are that, you know, because it's not it's not easy to hide that if you were if there's a ton of animosity um, and I don't get that impression. And I've never gotten that impression from Jameis, even when he was straight up saying like D.A. lied to me <laughs> and told me I wouldn't lose my job. There wasn't animosity there. So like that's kind of where I'm where I'm at here. And we can kind of wrap this segment up and get more into the combine of like. If I didn't believe it was possible before, I now believe it's possible. I still don't think it's likely, but I, I could see it happening. And that's a that's a step forward, in, in my opinion. And how great of a bridge, though, is, you know, people obviously want to talk about Andy Dalton being a guy you want to re-sign and bring back to be that bridge quarterback. To me, Jameis Winston is just as good of a bridge because if you have one more year with him, it doesn't work out this time. We tried. It just it didn't for whatever reason, if it's injuries or that, you know, he doesn't show that success on the field with his decision-making, whatever it is, then you have that other young quote-unquote talent to turn to after that and in, in next season. And you can at least say you did right by Jameis in this scenario. And I think that's there's value in that as it as it pertains to like the next quarterback you're trying to bring in. <laughs> uh, because like that's not a that's that's kind of a sketchy situation, right? It's like, oh, guy gets hurt and he loses his job. It's like, oh, is that gonna happen to me? Right? Like if you're going to take a job. Even Derek Carr, right? Like, if I get hurt, are you going to hand my job off to somebody else? Like, that's not a good look. And so it would it would give them a chance to kind of correct that narrative for themselves. And in a season where you kind of feel like the upper the upper ceiling is like win the NFC South and losing the first round of the playoffs, <laughs> I don't think that's the worst consolation prize you could have of like clearing that perception of yourself. But that's all. That's that's all I got to say there. I think that's I think that pretty much covers it. No, let's uh, we'll have the uh, the Jameis twenty three campaign kicking in soon. Jameis one of one will be will be thrilled. He gets to hang around for another year. <laughs> Your favorite always has something to say. All right, let's wrap number, up that. And segment. the numbers to prove it. Yes, yes, he always has something to say and a quote tweet to send along with it. But all right, let's wrap up that segment. We're gonna get more into combine talk, the the most exciting, boring event of all time. Stick around on Inside Black and Gold.